This is Matt Connickson. I'm the sales agronomist with CHX Ag Services in Oakley, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Wednesday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Randy Conan along with Sierra Doctor and Whitney Pittman. Winter storm continues to move off to the east with only some light snow now showing up on the radar in that Fargo area. Grand Forks-based National Weather Service meteorologist Austin Perot says the impacts of the storm, though, will linger. Yeah, so as you mentioned, um, we are starting to see um, diminishing returns on radar now. Um, so the heavy snowfall will continue to diminish over the next several hours, um, which is good news. However, even with this diminishing heavy snowfall, um, those impacts are still going to linger. We've gotten reports of drifts in the feet category over down in Fargo and in the Moorhead area. So travel will continue to be treacherous this afternoon, at least until things can get cleared out. And Perot is not expecting an increase in wind speeds behind the storm. The winds are going to be dying down here over the next several hours. Um, pretty much we pass, for the most part, the peak winds, um, at least in the central valley. Um, in the southern valley, there might be some lingering winds, but nothing that is going to really transition us into like a ground blizzard or anything like that. Um, really, the only main impact will be just those drifts that we've seen already, and there might be some adding on to it with um, at least the elevated winds, but definitely aren't going to be seeing the stronger winds at least anytime soon. Enrollment in a $7.6 million deficit. North Dakota State University is implementing budget cuts. NDSU Vice President of Agricultural Affairs, Greg Lardy, outlines the impact to the Agriculture College. We're uh, in a position here in the College of Agriculture, Food Systems, and Natural Resources where we uh, ended up uh, merging one of our academic programs uh, into another with uh, Ag Systems Management, merging into Precision Ag, and then also uh, unfortunately had to deal with some faculty cuts as well. Five faculty members from the NDSU have lost their jobs. The departments that are affected are uh, Department of Agribusiness and Applied Economics, Department of Agricultural and Biosystems Engineering, and Department of Plant Science. Heartland Commodities and Securities Market Analyst Jason Winter says the grain market is ugly. It's been a pretty ugly uh, seven days. Uh, basically, ever since we came back from President's Day, the wheat market went on a massive sell-off, followed by the corn, and uh, a couple days here and beans, but uh, beans for surely uh, not as ugly as, as what wheat and, and uh, the sell-off of both in the wheat and the corn market. And, and uh, yeah, that corn market, a lot of people, of course, uh, uh, referring to it as uh, uh, where do you catch the falling knife. The volatile action is not unexpected given how long we consolidated in a sideways trade. For the corn market, we were in such a tight sideways market for so long. It was, it was, it was, it was looking for a breakout one way or the other. And so when it, when wheat ended up pulling it down to the downside and it ended up breaking the downside, it just, like I said, there was just massive. There's just the funds, the funds, money in the markets were, were really long that market. And uh, it was only a matter of time before something, you know, spooked them. Reports that China sold previously purchased Argentine soybeans back to Argentina and then turned around and bought Brazilian soybeans at a cheaper price contributed to that soybean market sell-off yesterday. Zaner Group Ag Hedgley Ted Seifred said the question now really is what happens next? The question is where do we go from here? Does the market believe that 
these Argentinian sales are going to get washed out and that Argentina is going to have more soybeans to crush. Um, does the market believe that the export sales season for the U.S. is over and that it's all going to get switched down to Brazil? And, and I guess time is going to have to tell with that, Randy, because if we see China coming in buying us as well as buying Brazil, we do still have that fairly tight carryover in soybeans between now and the end of the marketing year. So this is a, a, a fairly profound move for soybeans. It is a, a pretty major breakdown on a chart. It's you know something like we haven't seen in the, in the past oh, six months or so, uh, and it's certainly on high volume. And Cypherit expects to see more technical selling after yesterday's lower action. We're, we're well below the 50-day moving average for the first time really since November. I mean, we had gotten below it a couple of times in our day, but both times closed back above it. Um, and we've really spent very little time below this 50-day moving average. This is definitely a, a, a call to action for a lot of the uh, technical traders, i.e. your funds. I uh, wish we knew where, where their positions were. We haven't seen commitment of traders for quite some time. Um, but all things considered, they, they should probably be pretty long in, in soybeans and soybean meal. Uh, so this could be a problem for a soybean chart if we don't negate this big breakdown over the course of the next couple of days. A bill will be heard later today in the Minnesota Senate A Committee that would create a grain indemnity fund. Say one other ag bill that I've got coming up is a, uh, the establishment of a grain indemnity fund. Minnesota is one of the few states in the upper Midwest that does not have a grain indemnity fund. Uh, and we've seen you know, kind of a, a, a series of elevators over the last, oh, I'd say 10 years kind of go belly up and have left some, some farmers uh, kind of with a, you know, not getting paid. So we're going to work on, and that was also some of the surplus money will go to establishing that grain indemnity fund. QPAC also says with bills moving rapidly through the legislature, there are useful tools available to track the progress. And I'll just mention, if you go to the Senate website, you can track uh, all the bills. You can track them by senator. You can track them by keyword. It's a really useful tool. So if you've got a concern, it's a good way to, to follow along. The weekly report from the Energy Information Administration shows ethanol production for the week ending February 24th, just over 1 million barrels per day. That's down 26,000 barrels per day, less than the previous week, but 6,000 barrels per day, more than the same week last year. Ethanol stock are down 800,000 barrels to 24.8 million barrels. U.S. federal courts are fining Glencore $700 million. That huge fine is due to allegations of bribes being paid to officials in Brazil, Nigeria, Venezuela, and the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Those bribes were made to avoid audits or secure business. The Swiss-based commodities company has already paid millions of dollars in, uh, in response to allegations of market manipulation. This is the Red River Farm Network. Wednesday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. The Environmental Protection Agency is taking steps to implement a request by eight Midwest states to sell 15% ethanol blends during the summer driving season. However, the change does not begin until 2024. American Coalition for Ethanol CEO Brian Jennings says this is too little, too late. Most of these Midwest states made this request of EPA in the spring and early summer of 2022. And the law requires EPA to go ahead and approve those requests within 90 days of receiving them, as long as the data shows that allowing E15 would reduce evaporative emissions. 
those states did that. Those states met that condition. The EPA still sat on this until March 1st of 2023. Minnesota and South Dakota are two of the states impacted by this EPA decision. With this delay, Jennings says consumers will likely pay more for gasoline this year. President Biden issued an emergency E15 waiver for the entire country last year. That was because of the, the war um, in Ukraine, uh, turmoil in energy and oil and gasoline markets and record high prices at the pump for gasoline in the United States. Of course, gas prices are down from those record highs, but they are still expected to be relatively high in 2023. And so we think an emergency waiver uh, could be one way to sort of serve as a bridge between 2023 and 2024. The option would be to have Congress take action. This EPA announcement coincides with a national ethanol conference that is underway in Florida. The University of Minnesota Extension soybean agronomist Seth Nave was able to combine three consecutive soybean trade missions to Southeast Asia in February. Nave says the global the goal is to promote soybeans from the northern plains. For the most part, we are meeting with the big trading houses and and uh, feed millers and and um, and integrators uh, throughout Southeast Asia. And um, there's been a fixation on protein as the measure, the ultimate measure for quality. Um, you know, these guys are buying soybean meal for the protein, so we understand that you know it's it's a historical thing. But protein is really just a measure of the nitrogen content, and it doesn't really do a good job of measuring the overall value to those the animals that they eventually feed that um, soybean meal through the feed to. So we're really trying to up, update them. The Soybean Marketing Group, NSM, is a farmer leaderboard developed by the soybean checkoff organizations from North Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota, and Nebraska. Northern Soybean Marketing is a group of uh, five, now five, upper Midwestern states uh, that's really um, focused on soybean composition and, and helping market these soybeans from the, uh, especially soybeans that go out of the P&W, but now increasingly some new ports on, on, um, on Lake Michigan. So, we're, uh, we're really interested in moving moving some soybeans and soybean meal, and so I'm helping in that effort. Dozen farmers and producers traveled to Monterey, Mexico for a trade trip with United States Meat Export Federation, USMEF. South Dakota Soybean Research and Promotion Council Director Todd Hanton was on that trip and says meat and grain exports to Mexico slowed during COVID. Well, Mexico is our uh, number one customer for pork exports and our number three customer for beef exports. But the USMEF staff and others as far as other commodity organizations think that they can even be a bigger, better customer. They do prefer and pay a premium for our products. They seek them out and, and want to know more about how they're raised. Sustainability is actually getting to be something in Mexico as something they are looking at. But it's even more than that, it's the reliability, the consistency, and the safety of the food from the United States that really drives the market. Variety meat demand in Mexico remains high. Go to rrfn.com. You can sign up for our weekly Red River Farm Network e-newsletter. FarmNet News will hit your email box every Monday. Reporting agriculture's business, you're listening to the Red River Farm Network.
Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. A calving workshop took place yesterday in Edgeley, North Dakota. NDSU Extension Livestock Stewardship Specialist Gerald Stucka says that nutrition was a big topic. And he talked about feeding cows and how weather makes a difference in cold weather and heat. And are the cows getting enough? Are they getting enough protein and energy? And and we evaluate how our cows look by kind of assigning body condition scores. And Carl did an interesting thing just using his fist. He says, if you can see the knuckles of your fist, which means if you can see the backbone of your cows sticking out, that means they're too thin. It doesn't mean that has anything to do with how wide they are because these cows have a lot of capacity for eating. But if you can see their backbone, those cows are too thin, which was a good applied statement to make about feeding cows. With early calving started for some producers, more commercial livestock producers will start the bulk of their season in the next two weeks. talked about colostrum, the importance of colostrum. We talked about colostrum replacements. Uh, we talked about quality and how important it is for that calf to get enough immunity in its system so it protects it early in life and, the, and even later. So it was a kind of a broad-ranging discussion. If you see a calf it's not protected from the wind, it's not laying in bedding, it's just laying off by itself, and you're not sure if the calf is nursed. If you put your finger in its mouth and it's cold, that calf hasn't nursed. I mean, we do all we can when we calf at certain times of the year, like right now when the weather's not nice, but sometimes there's an outlier there. The Senate lawmakers reintroduced the Defending Against Limitations and Replacements of Yogurt, Milk, and Cheese to Promote Regular Intake of Dairy Every Day Act of 2023. The Dairy Pride Act would require non-dairy products made from nuts, seeds, plants, and algae to no longer be labeled with dairy terms like milk, yogurt, or cheese. This reintroduction follows last week's other non-dairy products to use the name milk. Checking markets before we leave you this afternoon. May wheat Minneapolis is down two and a half cents, eight sixty four and a quarter. July is down two at eight sixty and a quarter. Chicago may wheat four and a half cents higher at seven ten. Kansas City may wheat's up four and a quarter at eight seventeen. Chicago, or rather, may corn six cents higher at six thirty six and a quarter. December corn is a half penny lower at five sixty nine and a quarter. May soybeans sixteen and three quarter cents higher at fourteen ninety five and three quarters. November beans are thirteen and a half higher at thirteen sixty and three quarters. Meal is up three fifty a ton. The bean oil. Uh, 88 points higher, and in Winnipeg, May canola now is a dollar 80 a metric ton higher at 8.20 even Canadian. April live cattle down 27 cents at 165.20. June's down 80 cents. April feeder cattle down a dollar 10 at 193.97. May down 67. The April lean hogs are down five cents at 85.12. June lean hogs down a dollar five at 100 dollars 67 cents. Dow Jones Industrial Average currently down 32 points at 32,624. On the uh farm calendar check the web, our website rfn.com for all the events coming up thanks for joining us this is the red river farm network